You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Get ready for that. Praise the Lord. All right, I needed to say all this and get it out of the way. Before I get into God's word. Are you ready today? You're sure you're ready? Glory to God. Lift your right hand and say with me in the name of Jesus. I am attentive to the word of God. I have hearing ears. I have seeing eyes. And I have a heart that receives. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about what I've titled the culture of greatness. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis 12, verse 2. The word of the Lord to us this year was from this scripture in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. And it's a scripture you shouldn't just commit to memory, but it's a scripture you should meditate on and fully understand because we get the best out of scripture when we understand it. One of the ways that God's word works is by understanding it. The word of God cannot work beyond how you understand it. The reason why two people could hear the same message and have different results is because of how they understood it. They didn't all understand it the same way. If you see the parable of the sower that Jesus spoke about, he talked about the, 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 the seed falling on good ground. And even if it fell on good ground, of course the scripture told us about four kinds of grounds, and that's not what I'm talking about today, but he talked about good ground. Even on that good ground, the, the yield of the seed was not the same. Some gave 30-fold. Some gave 60-fold. Some gave 100-fold. Hallelujah. 30-fold means times 30. It's not 30%. Amen. 60-fold means times 60, not 60%. 100-fold means times 100. Glory to God. So it means that these people did not have the same results, even if the same seed, the same quality of seed came upon their hearts. So I want to say to you today that it's important to understand the Word of God. Hallelujah. All right? And you cannot understand something that you don't pay attention to. If you pay attention to God's word, the Holy Spirit will help you understand the scriptures. And my prayer for everyone this year is that you will walk with a deeper understanding of scriptures. Now, that blessing is such that if I say my prayer for you this year is that you will have a deeper understanding of scripture, I'm actually saying my prayer this year is that you have more results. Amen. So I say it again. My prayer this year is that you have a deeper understanding of scriptures. So this Genesis chapter 12 verse 2 tells us exactly what God is saying to us today. It says, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great, 
and thou shalt be a blessing. Glory to God. Did you see that? And I will make of thee, what? A great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. Now, uh, um, my focus here first is, for, is to make you understand what Genesis 12 verse 2 is saying. Because we're, talking about, we're going to be talking about the culture of greatness. First of all, this is what God is saying to you today. You say, no, but he said it to Abraham. He said it to Abraham. I wasn't even there when he said it. How am I sure that this scripture was spoken to me? So I will show you scriptures that points Genesis 12 verse 2 to you. Glory to God. That when God was speaking to Abraham, he had you in mind. Are we together? Are you ready? Okay. So let me show you how this applies to you directly. I'll show you three scriptures, all right? These three scriptures are just to help you know that Genesis 12.2 is your own. Amen. You didn't hear me well. That Genesis 12.2 is your own. The first scripture is Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. The New Testament. Galatians 3.9. I'll read it in King James and I'll read it in New Living Translation. All right? Genesis, as I said, Genesis, Galatians 3, 9. It says, So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Let's read it together. I want to go. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. You know, something about King James sometimes is that it is saying something very wonderful. But because there is a Shakespeare English in it, you seem to miss the point that the scripture is saying. So I would like to use um, an easy-to-read version, New Living Translation. It will help us understand Galatians 3.9. How Genesis 12.2 relates to me. So let's read together. I want to go. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Is that clear? Let's take it again. One to go. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. So it means that you share in the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Because of your own faith in Christ, you share. Everybody say, I share. It didn't say in a blessing that looks like Abraham's own. No, no, in the same blessing. So what was the blessing? Let's go back to Genesis 12, 2. What was the blessing that you're sharing? Put it up again. Genesis 12, verse 2. He said what? I will make of thee a great nation. Say, I share in that blessing. The blessing of a great nation. He said, I will bless thee. Say, I share in that blessing. I will make your name great. Say, I share in that blessing. You shall be a blessing. Say, I share in that blessing. Are you getting the picture? So Galatians 3.9, New Living Translation, is saying that everyone that puts his faith 
in Christ Jesus shares in the same blessing that Abraham had. Hallelujah. Because of his own faith. Glory to God. So I can boldly say I'm a great nation. I can boldly say I am blessed. I'm boldly, I can boldly say he has made me a great name. I can boldly say he has made me a blessing. Glory to God. I share in that blessing. Is there any other person here that shares in that blessing? Glory to God. So the blessing of Abraham is mine. Glory to God. That blessing belongs to me. I share in that blessing. The next scripture is Galatians 3 verse 13 and 14. I'm just giving you three scriptures to make you understand that Genesis 12 verse 2 belongs to you. Amen. So anytime you open that scripture and read it, you know it's your personal, 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 personal scripture. Hallelujah. The second verse 13, start from 13. 13 says, Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, do you know why he's telling you redeemed? What he's saying is that whatever you owed to the law, Christ has paid it. Amen. So you are no more indebted to the law. Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law and tells us how. By being made a curse for us. Hallelujah. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That means that when Jesus hung on that tree, he took the curse. Are you understanding me? It's a curse for a man to be hanged to death. So, the curse that would have come to you, Jesus took it. Hallelujah. In actual fact, the law has penalties. That means if you don't do this, this will happen. If you don't do this, then this will happen. All the things that will happen because you didn't do this, Jesus has allowed it happen to him. Are you getting me? That's what it means. Christ had redeemed us. He didn't go to beg that he should release you. He paid. Amen. Are you understanding me? He didn't go to negotiate. Please, please, just let him. No, no, no. He paid. You know, <laughs> I've been in places where, I, I don't know how I'm going to say it. It doesn't sound somehow. But um, let's use an example. Maybe you're in a restaurant and you came to pay for your own food. Now, this thing I'm saying literally had happened. All right? It might not be in a restaurant setting, but just it has happened. Where someone just comes and says, Ah, Pastor, you're here. All right? <laughs> then he says, Don't worry, don't pay. Ah, why? He said, I take care of it. Then he walks up to the people, the authorities, and talks to them. Listen. And then, you now don't pay. I've had a situation actually concerning hotel. So I said, oh, ah, man, don't worry. I said, no, but I, want to, I came to pay. I'm, I'm going to pay. This was not even in Nigeria. I, I want to pay. He said, no, don't worry. He went in, did, 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 came out. Then I entered the place. 
But if I call and say, um, I need so, so, and so, they are not happy to bring it. Are you understanding me? They are not excited. So I later found out that he didn't pay. Amen. He begged them to leave me. He will sort it out. So they are not happy. That's not what Jesus did for you. Amen. Are you understanding me? No, 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 no. That's not what Jesus did for you. Glory to God. Are you understanding me? That's not what Jesus did for you. Christ redeemed. Amen. Meaning that you are not owing anything. Uh, that was just by the way. Let's continue on our road. Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So after that, I will ask, did you pay? <laughs> Glory to God. He said that the blessing of Abraham, the reason he took the curse is that the blessing of Abraham might what? Come on the Gentiles. Anytime you see Gentiles in scripture, understand it's you, that you are the, you are the one that the scripture is talking about. Every non-Jew is a Gentile. Amen. So, the second scripture we're looking at here tells us that what Christ did was so that the blessing of Abraham, that means the same blessing that was on Abraham, amen, will now come on the Gentiles. Amen. Are we together? It was called the blessing of Abraham. So, oh, 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 in case you didn't know, that, that blessing of Abraham, that one that Abraham had, it has come on the Gentiles. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. So say, I have the blessing of Abraham. Christ redeemed me from the curse and brought me into the blessing of Abraham. What's the blessing he brought you into? Genesis 12 verse 2. Amen. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Christ has brought you into this blessing. So it is personal. It is my blessing. You know, there's an old song they used to sing. Some old Christians, you know it. Abraham's blessings are mine. How many of you know that song? I, I wish people really understood what they were singing. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. Blessed. Abraham's blessings are mine. <laughs> Abraham's blessings are actually yours. So, the first scripture I gave to you was Galatians 3, 9, all in Galatians, pointing to you, or pointing you to Genesis 12, 2. The second scripture I, I, I've just given to you is from verse 13 to 14, telling you the same thing, that the blessing of Abraham through Jesus Christ has become yours, based on what Jesus did for you. A third scripture, still in Galatians, verse 29 of chapter 3. I'm taking time to show you these three scriptures just for you to have it established in your heart. The Bible says at the mouth of two or three witnesses. <laughs> you understand me? Every word is established so that you understand that Genesis 12 2 is your scripture. Amen. Are you there? Now, um, it says if ye be Christ's, that's if you belong to Christ. If ye be Christ, are you Christ's? Or are you Satan's? If ye be Christ's, then are ye, what? Abraham's seed. Okay. And what? Heirs according to the promise. 
Amplify me the scripture. Give me the amplified version. Thank you. It says, and if you belong to Christ, are in him who is Abraham's seed, then you are Abraham's offspring. Are you listening to me? <laughs> and spiritual heirs. That means that you have a right to inherit whatever was given to Abraham. Are you listening to me? According to, to promise. Praise the Lord. With these three scriptures of mine, I've been able to, I hope I've been able to convince and not confuse you. <laughs> that Genesis 12 verse 2 is yours. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. This is just to lay a foundation. Let's start building. Amen. So now, when you know that that greatness that was spoken to Abraham was spoken to you. Amen. Now, Abraham was made great. You and I were born great. Hallelujah. That means that we have the nature of greatness in us. We have the nature of greatness in us. That, that same nature, the Bible says, the Bible calls, says that we are partakers of the divine nature. So we have the nature of greatness in us. It's natural for us to exhibit greatness. Amen. Let me put it better. It's spiritually natural. Amen. For us to manifest greatness is in our spirits. Say, I have the nature of greatness. Now, let me say this to you about nature. The nature of a dog is different from the nature of a human. A dog can wear a shirt. You can wear a dog shorts. It doesn't make him a human being because he doesn't have the human nature. You can train a dog to do some things that humans can do. It doesn't make the dog a human being. I know that some people think cattle is, is as valuable as human beings. No matter how much the cattle costs, it cannot have the same value as a human. Are you listening to me? Uh, so, there's human nature. Then there is divine nature. What makes God, God? Hallelujah. When we got born again, we became partakers of the nature of God. And I'm saying to you that that nature is a nature of greatness. Amen. Say, I have the nature of greatness. Now, because... Let me just go back a bit and say this. Um, a pig, the nature of a pig is different from the nature of a sheep, even if they're all animals. Are we together? Even if they're all animals. If you take a pig and clean it and perfume it, and decorate it and keep it in a clean room 
the pig will just be looking at you. The pig will know that something is not right with you. That what you are doing, you understand that? It's unusual. When you finish, no matter how clean the place is, what makes a pig dirty is not that it is in a dirty environment. No. No. What makes a pig dirty is that it is his nature. Even the scripture acknowledges it. Are you understanding me? Huh? It talks about a pig returning to his own vomit. Are you understanding me? A pig, in, um, there's a language I was used in that scripture. What he's trying to say to you is that the pig is naturally dirty. When you come back, something will be itching the pig. How can a place be this clean? Why? It will likely defecate and then roll on it. It's generating death from inside him. Are you understanding me? When you come back to that room, what you will see is the manifestation of the pig nature. It's his nature to be dirty. Now, it is your nature to be great. So that if they take you and put you in a small place and leave you, you will not be okay. Amen. Why? It's not in my nature. Are you understanding me? It's not in my nature. Now, in the, in the body of Christ, in church, we're not teaching behavior modification. No. Say, okay. You want to be a child of God? You have to learn how to walk like this. When you are talking, talk like this. That does, the man's nature has not changed. It has not changed. Amen. What makes a sinner become a saint in the next hour is that a change of nature has taken place. What makes a murderer become a man that has love, genuine love for humanity is a change of nature. What makes a soul become a Paul, amen, is a change of nature. It's not that his name changed. No. It's not his name changed. You can change his name forever and he's still the old devil. Are you understanding me? A change of nature. That's what salvation does. Salvation is that your nature has changed. Amen. You have received a new nature. The nature of God is now embedded in your spirit. That's what salvation is. But today, I want to take you further. It is after a man has received the nature of God that you cannot teach him the culture of God. Amen. Because without that nature, he can never produce the culture. Everything he'll be doing will be, will be um, just following instructions. It's not coming from inside. Now, we are in church, for example. I'm not talking down anybody, but you just follow me. Amen? You're in church, for example. You're born again. Maybe you're a husband. You're born again. You have a wife that's not saved. She is not born again. She's not born again. You understand that she's not saved. And then we're teaching you about... You know, and even your, your wife comes to church and we start talking about the love of God. She cannot walk in the love of God. She doesn't have the nature of love in her heart. 
What she'll say is, I'll try and be good to him. But if he tries me, I will do him something. She doesn't have the nature of loving her. You, that's why the scripture talks about not being unequally yoked with the unbeliever. He cannot. He can act like a Christian, but it, he is not. Are you understanding me? He doesn't have the nature of God. So, when you take someone and try to teach them God's culture, when they don't have the nature of God, they can't sustain it. They might do it one day, two days, after they go back to their normal nature. Amen. So the reason why we're talking about the culture of greatness today is because you have the nature of greatness. Amen. Some people could be in church for donkey years and they've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We had an argument, a group of friends, and I said to them, I said, that guy is not born again. They said, no, ah, ah, he's a committed worker. I said, committed worker does not mean he's saved. It doesn't mean he's saved. Boko Haram has committed workers. Amen. Help me ask your neighbor, do you have the nature of God? Or you are just coming to church? Amen. Don't, don't, see, don't ask the neighbor like you knew him before. Forget about you knowing him before. They didn't write on anybody's forehead, saved. Amen. So ask the person, do you have the nature of God or you are just coming to church? Listen, if you don't have the nature of God, you can receive the nature of God today. Amen. That's what the prayer of salvation does for you to receive the nature of God and be born again. I cannot tell you to walk in love when you don't even have the love to walk in. The kind of love that the Bible talks about is not the love that Spakuli tells that girl on the road. You don't know Spakuli? Spakuli is that guy. You understand that? Spakuli. <laughs> Amen. It's not the same thing we're talking about. Amen. Because when Christ was talking, he said, a husband should love his wife as Christ loves the church. Do you know how Christ loves the church? It's a sacrificial love. Amen. He can die. Amen. It's not, this one is not Romeo and Juliet uh, 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 love. Amen. Self-giving. Amen. It's not exchange. Amen. You give me, I give you phone. Uh -huh. You know that one? You give me, I give you Genesis. <laughs> it's slave trade. <laughs> Glory to God. So you cannot expect the love of God from someone that doesn't have it. The same way, say, oh, oh, um, I'm in a relationship. I want, I say, ah, go pass the us today to have faith, have faith. Does, is he born again? <laughs> what are you talking about? If the fellow is not born again, there's no faith. Amen. There's no faith.
there's also no peace. Amen. That peace that pastor understanding, he doesn't have it. Because he's not saved. She doesn't have it because she's not saved. So, expecting the culture of Christ from someone that doesn't have the nature of Christ is like somebody going to check his results for jam when he did not write jam. <laughs> Amen. Say, result has come out. Yeah, let's go and check our result. Did you write? No, I just want to check in case it came out. Hallelujah. <laughs> but when someone has the nature, we can expect that we can teach him the culture. Amen. Am I communicating? Thank God for rehabilitation that people do. The real rehabilitation is the one that comes from the spirits. You want to rehabilitate people? Let them receive Christ. Amen. It will make it easier. If not, as they're in that place learning carpentry, they're learning carpentry, one day they will say, this guy will go kill him one day. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> because he's still a wicked man in his heart. Amen. That thing that made him carry arms is still inside him. It's just that the door is closing. Amen. You have to think of another trade. Now, when we talk about the culture of greatness, we're talking about mindsets, attitudes, behavioral patterns, amen, that are expected from someone that has the nature of greatness. Are we together? And there's a key scripture I just would mention this uh, morning, and to lead us on that path, we'll stop wherever we can stop. And um, the scripture is in Romans 12, um, verse 1 and 2. All right? And um, Paul was writing to believers. And Paul was not just concerned about people knowing what Christ had done for them. He was also concerned about how people give expression in their relationship with other people and in their relationship with God. How they give expression to what God has done for them. Are we together? So let's read Romans 12 verse 1 together. One to go. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. Glory to God. Did you see that? Now, if you read just verse 1, you would um, miss the point. And um, you won't get a full picture of what the Spirit of God is communicating. So we're going to read verse 2. One to go. Amen. 
the verse ends with the perfect will of God. It's telling you how to get from where you are to the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Did you hear me? It's showing you how to get from where you are now to the perfect will of God. So we'll go back to verse 1 and let's follow it now. So um, you can set your time from now. It's now I started teaching. Amen. So the scripture says, I beseech you therefore. Amen. Brethren. Who is he talking to? Brethren. Believers. He's not talking to unbelievers. Then he says, by the message of God, that you present your bodies. Can you give it to me in a New King James Version? Because I want the you, I want the yay and the uh, to go off. Yeah. So, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The key phrase I want you to hold in your heart is living sacrifice. Everybody say living sacrifice. Say it again, living sacrifice. I tried to enter it some two weeks back. We couldn't really go far. So, living sacrifice. Then it says, holy, acceptable to God. That means there are certain things that can be rejected. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, this culture of greatness begins with presenting your body. Hallelujah. Are we together? The language used here, where it said presenting your bodies a living sacrifice, is speaking because the Jewish people know about sacrifices. Some of you here, you know your grandfather has taught you about sacrifice. Amen. Something, a sacrifice... Is something you offer to deity. Are we together? Something of value that you offer to deity, to a God. Now, in Old Testament, when you bring a sacrifice, it has to be killed. Are we together? Now, but he's saying that in offering yourself, he didn't say kill yourself. He said, come alive. Amen. But give yourself. Are we together? What it simply means is that this sacrifice can come down from the altar. Are you understanding me? You know, when they keep that other sacrifice at the altar, and it's, it can't move again. It's dead. It's gone. This sacrifice is blinking. Amen. But he decided to lie down there. Amen. And you understand what I'm saying? He said, present yourself as a living sacrifice. That means you've made a choice to offer yourself. Glory to God. You know, there are some believers that only serve God when someone puts pressure on them. You must do this. You must do that. You must do that. So every time they're doing things for God, is not willingly. Amen. Let's go to the scripture. Give me um, Isaiah 1 verse 18. 19. 19. Thank you. 19. Let's read it together. I want to go. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Offering yourself 
a living sacrifice means that you come to that place where you are not just obedient, you are willing and obedient. You know what willing and obedient means? I use this story a lot anytime I'm talking about willing and obedience. There are two different things. There's this story about little Johnny that was in class and it was disturbing. And he stood up to ask a question that offended the teacher. And the teacher shouted, Johnny, shut up and sit down! Johnny looked at the teacher and sat down. He said, I might be sitting, but in my heart I'm still standing. <laughs> Johnny obeyed, but he was not willing. There are many journeys. Many. We're going for soul winning. Hmm. We'll talk whether it's me that made them to be sinners. <laughs> we have come now. What do we do? I've come for the soul winning. When are we doing this? So let's go. Let's go. We must be so today. You have obeyed, but you are not willing. Everybody join a team. Go and serve here. Go and do that. They say, oh, everybody wait behind and do so. I'm waiting, you know. I'm waiting. If you really ask me, I don't want to wait, oh. I am obeying, but I'm not willing. A living sacrifice. He can stand up from the altar and walk away, but he willingly stays. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's willing. He submits his will. Now, let me explain something to you. What Jesus did before he went to die. In the Garden of Gethsemane, it was a place of decision. Am I communicating? What do I mean by a place of decision? It meant that Jesus had an option. Say, Father, I'm not doing it again. If the, <laughs> what are we even doing with the whole world? Amen. <laughs> we were fine our, by ourselves. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> we were fine by ourselves. What, what, what are we doing with the whole world? Glory to God. Are we together? No need. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. Jesus was aligning his will. To God's will. Amen. Every time you sit in a service and God's word is coming, it's a battle of wills. Amen. Are you understanding me? It's a battle of wills. Your will against God's will. Now, being born again doesn't mean you don't have a will of your own. Amen. Just put them at the back first. Don't, don't, it, means that it doesn't mean you, you, you have a will on your own. You have a will of your own. Are we together? You have a will of your own. But you choose to obey God's will. Glory to God. You choose to obey God's will. You choose to line up with what God has said. You know, when, when Peter was on that boat and Jesus said, Cast, let down your nets for a drought. 
He said, we have told all night and caught. No, that means it's not my will to do this thing again. I've packed my bags for the night. Sir, you don't understand what it is for us to stretch out our nets again. Nevertheless, at your word, amen. It means at this time, I submit to your will. Now, this year, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Many have not been taught the place of consecration. In the New Testament, there is still consecration. Hallelujah. There is eye service. It's different from service from the heart. Glory to God. They're two different things. Are we together? Your pastor can commend you. Wow, great job. But the rewarder is God. Are you understanding me? The rewarder is God. I don't know what your heart is, except the Spirit of God reveals it to me. Are we together? And if people learn to live that way, they'll be more fulfilled. So he said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. There's a scripture I want to show you. Glory to God. Help me tell two people, present your body. A living sacrifice. Tell them, amen. Some folks don't understand that. Say, you're always tired about the things of God and always have energy for the things that are not God's. Amen. I'd like to read 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Presenting your body means that your energy, your physical strength, is always available to God. Hallelujah. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. What he's saying that you don't own yourself. Amen. See, it's my life. I'll do what I want with it. When you start talking like that, you're not presenting your bodies as living sacrifices. Verse 20. He said, for you were bought with a price. Say, I was bought with a price. He said, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You were bought with a price. You were paid for. Amen. So present your body. It's a call to Christian service. Do you know there are some folks that their bodies have not been of any use To God. Praise God. If we, if we had time, we would have gone to Romans 6 where it talked about yielding your members as instruments of righteousness. These hands, lift them up. Wave your hand at me. Say, let these hands serve Jesus. Move your legs like that. Say, let these legs serve Jesus. Let this body serve Jesus. Amen. This body should not just be trained 
to only move when money will be paid. This body should not be wired to only move when there is a financial reward. This body should be wired to move when God needs it. And whenever God will need it. That's presenting your body a living sacrifice. Your body is conditioned by your mind. That's why verse 2 of Romans 12 now says, be not conformed to this world. Because that's how the world functions. The world will not present her body to God. Amen. It will present the body to what will make it have money or profit or gain. So your body is conditioned by your mindset. Amen. I've been heard people say, ah, um, no, no, no. I'll be there. I will help. I'll be there. Then they are dragging their feet. There's a guy, anytime they want to call him, say, we'll pay you so, so, so. He has appeared. Pam. If that sentence is not made, we will pay you. I'm coming. Are we together? That's how he's wired. Don't be wired that way. Listen, let God's prompting be of greater value to you than a monetary reward. Are you listening to me? We're not led by money. We're led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So you present your body a living sacrifice. He said, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. But be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, your body and your mind should be submitted to God's will. Amen. Do you know there are some believers, if you say, after service, don't be in a hurry to go. We're going to be cleaning the church. That's when they want to go. Amen. The same announcement is made. Next Sunday, um, after service, um, don't be in a hurry to go. Um, a political party sent us money. We're going to be sharing it so that we'll know how we're going to vote. The service will close. You ask them, what are you waiting for? They say they won't share the money now. Which time are they starting now? And we're not sharing any money. And we will never share any political party money. Amen. If you are called to serve God, yield. Did you hear me? If you are needed, be available. Listen, always make yourself available for the service of God. Did you hear me? There's a brother I used to know. He's very helpful, but only to sisters.
That's very carnal. If you ask the brother, say, please, um, I don't know, can you help me? Say, no, 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 no. That same thing, the sister said, can you help me? Say, what? <laughs> I don't have a problem. I'm a, I'm a very, I'm, uh, anything. A young man I rebuked one time, many years back, in our former, former, former venue. They used to sell things. That was a pin place. When we first started, they used to have like a, a bar. They used to sell drinks. He would not give his offering. But every Sunday, he would be at the bar. And sisters are passing, won't you take something? <laughs> so okay, let me take fans. I said, just take malt. That was the year 2003 or four. See, today is not marriage. He has bought mods for many sisters. <laughs> if he had sown his seeds. Amen. Are you listening to me? You have to know what your priorities are this year. Are you understanding me? You have to decide what your priorities are this year. Don't continue how you were going last year. Let spiritual things take first place. Man is first a spirit. So let the spiritual things take first position. When you order your life that way, you will testify that truly life is interesting. But when carnal things are always the first thing, Say, we're contributing money. We want to do a carnival. We're going to bring uh, Daddy Yo. <laughs> hey, ha! Hey, I saved 46,000. Uh, I'll give you some from it. They say, um, church is building a new project. I don't have money. The day Satan will remember you, may Daddy Yo save you. Lift your hand. Say, I understand better. I put spiritual things first in my life. Glory to God. So that culture of greatness is that you have given yourself as a living sacrifice. Even the goals you set for the year, your considerations are spiritual. Hallelujah. How can someone set a goal not to be in church? Amen. Your goal, if you set a goal this year, and the goal will hinder you from serving the Lord, it will hinder you from being faithful to the things of the Spirit, it will hinder you from praying, it will hinder you from reading the Bible, please go to hell. Amen. <laughs> I know that monopoly, they say go to jail, straight to jail. No, hey, that's what I'm saying to you. What kind of goal is that? It's hatched out of the pits. Of darkness. If you set such a goal, go and burn it. Amen. And sit down and repent. Amen. And set a goal that I believe I'm talking to believers, right? If you are not of God, you can set any goal. But if you're born again, 
and you set a goal that will not help you grow spiritually, it will not benefit the kingdom, then it's a wrong goal. Amen. So you go back and look at your goals. Help me ask your neighbor, say, look at your goals you set. Look at your goals. Are they spiritual goals? Will it help someone? Will it help you spiritually? I end by saying this. This year, if we want to see greatness expressed, we must yield ourselves to that culture of greatness. Hallelujah. It's not something you do once in a while. That's how you will live. Glory to God. That's how you will live. If you were not faithful to services last year, this year say, I won't miss Sunday services. If you were not committed to midweek services, you will make a commitment. Are you understanding me? There's something that happens when a heart gets committed. Hallelujah. Something happens. And God is still calling for committed hearts. For people that will give themselves as living sacrifices. There are some songs people don't sing again. Here am I, Lord, send me. Amen. Some people are now singing, here am I, send them. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. But God is still looking for men. He's still looking for women. Will you allow him use you this year? There's a song I love. It says, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. That should be your prayer this year. That thing God wants to do this year, I sign up. Amen. I sign up to be part of it. I sign up. God wants to do something this year. Not just in your personal life, in your community. God wants to do something in your family. God wants to do something in Nigeria. He has already started doing it. Be part of what God is doing. God wants to do something in this generation. Be part of it. Lift your hands wherever you are and say in the name of Jesus. That thing you want to do in this season. I yield to it. Today, I sign up to be a path of the move of the Spirit for the hour. In Jesus' name. Let's rise to our feet everywhere. Give it. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Lord.